You're now listening to Locked On 76ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, we're going to be discussing James Harden being out through the All-Star break. Let's get into it. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome into Locked On 76ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Kai Carlin of Sixers Wire with the OG Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Keith, what's up, man? What's popping? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. You know, six, Sixers are uh, they're moving forward with a big acquisition in James Harden. We're going to get into Harden being out through the All-Star break. We're going to get into two really big games coming up this week, and then we're also going to get into Harden being able to practice with the team on Monday and his, you know, his work with Tyrese Maxey. But first, Keith, we got to get into the news of the day. Uh, James Harden is going to be out through the all-star break. The team wants him to kind of go through treatment, go through on-court stuff um, and kind of continue to kind of ramp himself up uh, back up again. Uh, he hasn't played in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, the hamstring issue was a big deal. He missed his final couple of games with the Nets before the trade went through. Uh, and, you know, we all knew the hamstring was a big deal. So as the Sixers move forward, do you feel like maybe Harden can play and make his debut on the Feb- on February 25th when they take on the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves after the All-Star break? I know you sure hope so because you're going to be at that game, right, Minnesota? Uh, most likely. You know, you know I'll, I'll probably be with you in Minnesota that day. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So for you, I hope he does. Um, you know, I, I – I wouldn't be surprised if it's that day. I mean, I, I really wouldn't, um, you know, but again, it, I guess it has to do with, you know, how they feel with the ramped up schedule and everything like that. But to be honest with you, nothing, none of this is surprising. Like, you know, when the 76ers were saying um, that James Harden, you know, they kept saying like James Harden, they didn't have a timeline for him and this and that. And then you talk to Doc Rivers and you say, well, this is a tough stretch right now. You don't have them. You're like, well, you know, things are, are going to work themselves out. At that particular time, you and I, we even discussed it. We said it to ourselves. I bet you he doesn't come back until after the All-Star break, right? I right. mean, and when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think it would look bad for him um, to play in the All-Star game, but didn't play in, in, in these other games. Right. And, you know, so you, you got to be 100% careful. Would you, if you're, if you're, if I say Brett Brown, if you're Doc Rivers, would you love for him to play against Boston on Tuesday and against Milwaukee on Thursday? Yes. Absolutely. But at the same time, you don't want the Danny Green situation where Danny Green came back, we thought everything was cool, and then he played for two days and the brother was out for another seven, I believe it was. So, I don't think I think they can get by two games without James, even if they lose those two games, as opposed to having them come back one game, get injured in the next. And then next thing you know, he's out for like eight games, you know, so I I, I fully understand it. And I'm not surprised. Right. I think it's a smart move. I do. I, I think it's the uh, the smart move to kind of hold the uh, hold him out, especially when you just mentioned Danny Green, Keith. I mean, Danny Green was out for a bit i think it was his calf then it was his hamstring then it was something else it just kind of seemed like you know it just everything kept popping up and a lot and it forced green to miss some time 
And also another thing we have to remember is Harden, it's not like James is 20-something. He's 32, which 32 in NBA years is, you know, like that's – it's a little older. So, um, you know, you want to be able to make sure that that guy is healthy and, and all set to go before you really throw him out there, especially, Keith, um, there's so much – there's so little time left in this season to really get everything down. So my next question to you is, now that he is out until, you know, after the break – with 24 games left, where I guess is like your worry or panic meter or something for the Sixers in terms of getting chemistry down before the playoffs? Um, you know, I, I think that it's to be seen, you know, like, you know, he, he was at practice to, uh, yesterday on Monday. He was doing certain things with the guys. You know, he's a veteran guy. Um, he, he's a great player. So, I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think because the thing is, unlike when George Hill came, George Hill didn't play until the final eight games. We're talking about him 20-something games. Right. And you look at when they had Tobias, when they brought Tobias in and Mike Scott and, uh, um, and, 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 you know, the center, it was like, you know, these guys, they almost beat, almost made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know what I mean? So we're talking about two guys, you know, in, in uh, Millsap and, and um, James Harden, who they're trying to acclimate. I don't think it's bad. I mean, James Harden is a future Hall of Famer. You right. know, their thing is, as long as you got him up to speed and they go into the first round of the playoffs with them up to speed, I, th- I think that everything will work out. I'm not I'm not concerned. What about you? I'm not concerned at all either, especially when you kind of the way you just put it. James Harden is going to the Hall of Fame. Um, the guy is an incredibly smart basketball player. He clearly understands how to play this game. He clearly understands um, how to really fit in with pretty much anybody. Um, I feel like it was even a seamless fit for it with him in Brooklyn when, you know, when KD, Kyrie and James were even able to play together. I know it was rare, but when you saw them play together, it really didn't look like there was any chemistry issues. It really kind of looked like all three guys were able to understand their roles and they're able to get it done. So I feel like it's going to kind of be the same thing here. I guess the only issue I can maybe foresee is, and, and, and maybe not so much so because this the, Tobias is a guy who, you know, he puts winning above all, but how's Tobias going to feel going from the number two guy to the number three, possibly even number four, considering the way Tyrese Maxey has continued to elevate his game. That's the only thing I can maybe see becoming an issue, but Tobias has proven to be a guy who really is worried about winning more than anything. I don't think it'll be a problem. I, th- I think the fact that with his skill set and the fact that um, Maxi isn't going to have a ball in his hands a lot, it's going to be James and then Joel and then Tobias is a consistent shooter. I don't think he'll slide all the way down to four. Like I honestly think that one person who's going to who's going to have the not, I'm not going to say a tough time dealing with it, but but his his usage rate is is going to go down. It's going to be Maxi. But I think that they're all going to be fine. I mean, because let's face it, you know, it's all about winning. And, and that's what Doc was talking about today, where people are going to have to give up something, you know, and they all realize, like, let's keep it 100. Like, if this was um, a, a, a pickup game and you were going shirts and skins and you were like, I got this guy, that guy. Well, Joel or James, depending on who it is, would be number one. The other one would be number two. No one will argue with that. And then everybody else would have to fall in line and hopefully get picked. Right. So right. I think they know the food chain is where 
okay, James is the guy, former league MVP, three-time scoring champion. You know, if if somebody gets an attitude about not getting enough shots when it's Embiid and him, this might not be the right place. <laughs> so I think I think they'll be fine. I think they'll. Be fine. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Like, like I, I mean, I definitely agree. But I mean, it was just it was just, it was something that like I just really kind of like thought about because of um you know Tobias's stature you know he he really was kind of their number two option you know him and Tyrese were really the number two guys but yeah I, I mean I, I feel like th- those two guys are smart enough to understand who's coming in here now like like it's it's James Harden we're not talking about like some like a uh, you know some mid-level guy that this guy's going to the Hall of Fame at some point and he's still um you know a top player in this league even though it's a quote-unquote down year for him all right, coming up next, guys, we are going to talk about a huge couple of games coming up for the Sixers this week before the All-Star break. But first, we're going to hear from Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. For your next listen, make sure you check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen in to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. All right, Keith. So we got two games left before the All-Star break. Uh, Tonight, they're going to take on the Boston Celtics at home. Uh, Then they head to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks on Thursday before heading into the break. Um, Obviously, no no Harden. there's not really any indication that uh, let me let me let me take that back obviously he's not going to play that game in these games so what kind do you put what kind of stock do you put into these games i guess is what i'm trying to say it's like do you feel like these games really matter especially without james like because they're going to look like two totally different teams like you know after the break yeah they matter (laughs) i mean they definitely matter i mean i i know what people are saying and, and yeah, they're going to look different, um, but they they definitely matter because, you know, when, when we look at it and you say that, you know, these are, are two quality teams that they're playing. Um, and, you know, the thing is, it's not like it's a preseason game where they don't count like they actually count. And, and you know, um, you, you look at it right now, you have so you have the Sixers who are number, you know, number number five in the East. Uh, 34 and 32 record. I mean, 34 and 22 record. The Celtics are 33 and 25. The Celtics what have what eight game winning streak going on, right? So, right. So then, then you have the Milwaukee Bucks who are a half a game ahead of the Sixers, 35 and 22. So even though that James Harden isn't here right now for these two games, they definitely matter because of, you know, because of the standings now. Because this is if the Sixers lose these games, you know, they could slide down if somebody else wins like this could be come out to be a game where like, you know, what this, you know, it could be tiebreakers and stuff like that. Now, again, they're going to have other games with James. But right now, yeah, they do matter. Now, the one thing that I will say is when we're talking about an injury and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's better 
to, um, how should I say, it, it's, it's better to be careful now as opposed to, you know, uh, later on the season, like we said, him getting injured. But, yeah, they matter, dude. Like, all every game the Sixers play right now, I believe the Sixers have, what, the sixth toughest schedule in the NBA right now? So, yeah, yeah from going forward, so, yeah, they all matter. Yeah, um, you know, you just you just kind of mentioned tiebreakers and things of that nature. Boston, ha- Boston uh, obviously beat Philadelphia their first matchup. Sixers were able to win the next two. Sixers won the most recent matchup at the Wells Fargo Center. Um, tonight will be their fourth and final matchup. So if the Sixers win tonight, obvi- obviously it'll be 2-2. Um, you know, when it, when it comes down to the final standings and everything else in between, it'll be interesting to kind of see how that all works out. Um, but another thing... The like the Celtics are not going to see the, the the Sixers with Harden before the playoffs start. So I'm very interested to kind of see what happens if those two teams were to match up. The Bucks, Keith, uh, the Sixers uh, fell to the Bucks earlier in the year. Uh, it was a pretty close game. Giannis did Giannis type things. There was no Joel that night because he had uh, that. That was when he was out with the COVID. Um, I think the Sixers didn't have Tobias Harris that game either. So that, so this will be a, a kind of a bit of a good matchup for them to kind of see where they're at before James comes back. And then they'll have one more matchup with the Bucks in Philadelphia, I believe in March. So yeah, these are huge matchups. I mean, they really are, especially when you look at the standings, the Sixers are only half a game back of the Bucks for the four seed in the Eastern conference heading into, you know, Tuesday's night, Tuesday night's game with the Celtics. So I, I, I like the reason why I asked, like, do you consider them big games? It's just like, you don't really know what they're going to look like, you know, with James, without James, you know, like a- after the all-star break, it's just like kind of like, the, the, and I, I don't know. Like, I'm not really sure if you can like take these two games and be like, oh yeah, the Sixers, you know, like they'll, they'll be, they'll be okay. Or they won't be good if they lose these games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I understand 100%. And it, it makes sense because like, typically you are right. Like it's one of those things where they're going to look different and you're like, oh, this doesn't matter, but it does. Because, like, you know, Milwaukee already won the first game, right? Yeah. So Milwaukee won. So the second one, then they got the tiebreaker. Like, if they win them, if they win on Thursday, it's done. Like, it's kind of like they got the tiebreaker. And then Boston is playing extremely well, and the Sixers are under man, you know, and, and it's going just going to be a lot of, it's going to have to be a lot of Joel and B going on. And it was a lot of Joel and B going on the last time they played, but it's going to have to be a lot of it. Now, again, the Sixers do, they have a little cushion over them. But, you know, like, again, their schedule is a little tough. So we'll see what they can do moving forward with the guy. Yeah, there's just going to be um, there's going to be a lot that has to kind of go go into these games. Right. Because I know there's no James. They're going to look like a totally different team as they move forward. And, and that's kind of like my point of view at the moment. But when you do look at the standings, I'm looking at them right now. Um, Sixers are currently two games ahead of Boston half a game back in Milwaukee. Um, they're currently two and a half games back of the Miami Heat for the number one seed in the East. Chicago still ahead of them. Cleveland is still ahead of them at the moment. So you just mentioned that the schedule is the sixth toughest or, or something the rest of the way. They've got some big matchups. They still got three matchups up with Cleveland. They got the, the big one with Milwaukee uh, Thursday and then another one in March. Um, they have two more matchups with the Heat. They're done with the bulls Tuesday night, they'll be done with the Celtics. So, and I believe they'll have three matchups left with Toronto even. 
or two matchups, I, I, excuse me, two matchups with Toronto the rest of the way as well. And the Raptors have been playing very well. And then the one matchup left with the Nets in uh, March 10th. So th- th- there, there's a lot of games that really count the rest of the way. So when it comes to the tough schedule and the fact that you do have to integrate James Harden into things, Keith, I ask you, does that make it easier to integrate James? Because our focus will be so intense on, on not only winning these important games against very good teams, but also, you know, they'll want to try so hard to get it together as a team. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I, I think the integrating James is like, okay, Joel and James, this is what we're going to do. This is how we want you guys to work out. You guys, you guys, if, you know, it's up to you guys. If you guys want to work out well together, you guys are going to have a phenomenal season. You guys are going to be the beast. If you don't work well together, we can go out early. I mean, I hate to say it, but him and Joel, that's that's what you do. You guys get on the same page. That's that's what it is, man. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like this guy is so good, you play to his strengths. Now, the only thing is, the question mark is, in regards to integrating them is, you know, he's kind of like a ball-dominant player. With the Sixers, they like Doc Rivers likes the ball to move. He's an ISO king. That's like a different style. So we have to see, like, how that's going to mess. Because, you know, he's the type of dude, like, he'll set teammates up more so than just always constantly moving the ball around. And he's, like, running around. Nah, that's not him. He normally has the ball. I think to them, I think their best, like, I hate to say it, but the adjustment, the best adjustment is where you just spread the floor. You get them in that pick and roll, kind of like what Doc tried to do last year with Ben and Joel and let them go to work on certain instances, right? And then, but Joel's going to have to really pick somebody and let, at least to make it, you know, make it seem like, you know, it's going to work. But then at the same time, you know, you got to give Joel his touches and let him quarterback the gym. So to me, those are the two things to do now. But again, we got two future Hall of Famers. <laughs> you know, one of those things where they just got to work it out, man. And, and I think that's the big integration. Those two getting them on the same page because no offense, but the rest of these dudes are just pieces to it. Like, you know, like help complimentary pieces. You know, these two guys are the main pieces. Right. And speaking of those complimentary pieces, James was working out with Tyrese Maxey on Monday at practice. We're going to get into that a little bit and how James can help Tyrese. But first we're going to, we're going to hear from built bar. It's the new year. So that means new year's resolutions, right? If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include built bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or, or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but this gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs and there's so many flavors to choose from coconut almond peanut butter brownie raspberry cookies and cream salted caramel mint brownie and many more in fact built is always coming out with new limited time flavors so check out built.com often to see what's new go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com 
right, Keith. So the Sixers, obviously, they had practice Monday. Harden was able to get some type of work in. He was working on um, off the dribble three pointers and being able to take guys off the dribble. He he did some um some corner three point work. Uh, but the guy who was beside him the most was young Tyrese Maxey. And we always talk about how Maxey's going to, um, you know, really make a big impact next season with the work that he puts into the offseason and everything else in between. But it feels like being able to work with James, like that's something that can help him kind of move forward a little bit and maybe advance that development a bit as a guy who can help not only with him improving as a shooter off the dribble, but also being able to understand how to draw fouls and things of that nature. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I'm Tyrese Maxey, I'm extremely excited. Like, I mean, you know, I'm more excited than uh, a fiancé on Valentine's Day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, you know, because, because, like, you know, it's to a point where, you know, you're a, a quote-unquote combo guard playing point. Um, you know, when we talked to Maxey a couple of days ago, he talked about how one of his best friends – James Harden is his favorite player, this and that. And you getting to work out with, like, a future Hall of Famer? I mean, you look at it. You saw how, like, you know, they were working out. James was making everything look super easy. It was like everything was motionless out there. You know, and Maxie is going to be able to pick his brains, learn so much from this guy, and it's only going to make him better. You know, Maxie is a hard worker. He's going to realize how much they all work hard, all these guys in the league. Um, the, the great ones and uh, Maxi already is a hard work but right. he's going to learn right. and see things up up close and personally it's only going to make him better seriously it's going to make him extremely better yeah he's he, he's gonna have he, like the fact that he's able to work with a guy like the beard um it, it's it's gonna it's gonna advance his development it's going to help him as a player it's going to help him understand when to attack when to take the shot off the dribble when to you know set up his teammates as well because that's that's something a lot of people don't understand. You just mentioned that Harden um, led has led the league in scoring so many times in his career, but he's also led the league in assists a couple of times. If I'm not mistaken, I'm looking it up right now. He's led the league in assists once um, mm-hmm. in 2017. He averaged 11.2 assists a night, and for his career, he's averaging 6.7. Um, so Harden is a guy who not only scores a lot, but he also sets up his teammates, and that's something that we have discussed a couple of times when it comes to Tyrese. Um, that balance between scoring, but also passing the ball off and setting up your teammates. That's something that he has at times struggled with. There are times where he has been able to get it down pat. Uh, and now being around a guy like James, man, I, I feel like that's going to be an underrated part of his acquisition because we all know what he and Joel are going to do. But the fact that, you know, he's already kind of, he already was impressed with Tyrese. He had a quote back in December about how good Tyrese is. But the fact that he's able to work with him up close now, like that's definitely something that Tyree should take advantage of. I agree 100%. And he will take advantage of it. He will. I mean, he basically will. Um, I, I think it's, it's good for a reason. I mean, more so than, you know, more so than working out with a Chris Paul or more so than working out with, you know, just name a traditional point guard because, you know, he's a scoring guard. And that's what James is, a, a scoring combo like yeah he's called the point guard now but he's a scoring combo so it's really going to work out for him it really is yeah and and because like like while Tyrese is a uh a combo guard Harden is a bit of a combo guard like 
he can play the two guard. He can obviously play the one. Um, when Mike D'Antoni was a coach of the Rockets, uh, they had him a, as the point guard. Um, there, there were like a couple of different things that the Rockets were able to kind of run with him. And that's why Harden was able to have the amount of success that he was able to have. Um, and the fact that you can have uh, multiple ball handlers on the floor now, um, that's always something that this team was kind of missing throughout the year. And now granted, Seth Curry was able to fill that role pretty nicely before he was moved to the Nets. But, you know, Seth, you wanted him to kind of be like a three-point shooter, right? Like that was kind of yeah. it. It kind of took away his effectiveness. In this situation, Harden is a guy who can run the offense. He can run the pick and roll with Joel. He can run the two-man game even with guys like Tobias or anybody else. And he can also take Tyrese under his wing. So I ask you, though, with how underside, with how small Tyrese really can be, um, and, you know, he's working on his defense, but he's not the greatest defender just yet. And we all know about Harden and his defensive, you know, or lack thereof, whatever you want to call it. Are you worried about your perimeter defense with James and Tyrese as your starting backcourt? Kind of, sort of. You are a little bit, but then they also have the great eraser and then be in the, in the back line. That's where it's important that, you know, I think right at this particular time, you know, you got to have a Matisse Thibault in there as a, in there, you know, to guard the opposing team's best perimeter player. You know what I mean? Like you have to, um, but yeah, that is a concern now that you think about it because Tobias Harris is a, a more, much improved defender, but right now you have three guys on there, like including Tobias, James and Tyrese, where they're not exactly known for their defense. And you have Joel, the anchor, and uh, what's your fault? And then when you take Joel out at time, it, you know, it's like, yo, we're going to have to outscore opponents. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Yeah, right. so right. that's the scary part. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. That's the scary part. And then, and then, and then another one, Keith, I mean, you, you obviously have Matisse out there. And obviously, you know, Matisse will, will make a difference. But, um, yeah, the fact that, yeah, Matisse and Joel, two guys who could probably, who could probably contend for defensive player of the year, but then you look at James, Tyrese, and Tobias, and it's like, okay, who, who, who else is going to step up and get a stop? Um, you could always say, oh, Danny Green, but Danny Green is, you know, he's, he's older, and he's dealt with a lot of injuries this year. So it, it, it's tough. It would definitely be tough to kind of figure things out with that. Yeah, we talk about a backup center, but they also need a 3 and D. They need a quality 3 and D. I don't know if you're going to get that type of person in the buyout market, though, but that's what they need. They need a quality 3 and D. Yeah. And you, I know a lot of people hope that Isaiah Joe can turn into that guy. Um, but you know, I mean, doc explained pregame one day, like why he continues to go to Furcon. It's because Isaiah is not great of a, he's not that great of a ball handler or anything just yet. And, and, you know, Isaiah is a good defender, but just he's having a tough time creating open looks for himself or, or and, you know, handling the ball. And that's why Furcon gets the look, but then Furcon's not a great defender either. Um, I mean, if you could combine Furkan and Isaiah into one player, you know, like I'm pretty sure the Sixers would be pretty happy. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough at the moment because, Keith, you're right. They don't really have that 3 and D guy on the roster. Um, and then even Matisse, like he's he's showing continued improvement from deep, but he's still only shooting 30 percent. So there, there, there's still like some issues that the team still has to figure out. Like it, it's not just like throw James Harden out there and then boom, you're all good, you know. Yeah, exactly right. And that's what I'm thinking. Like they have a lot of, you ever got a D 
or you got a three. They don't have any, a lot of. Yeah, they don't have both. They don't have both. They got a D. I mean, Janie Green is that, was that, you know, but like you said, the injuries and a little bit of father time is catching up. But yeah, they don't have that. They don't have that. You're you're 100% right. Yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be really tough to kind of figure out. But again, that like that falls on the, that falls on the front office. That's going to be on Daryl Morey and Elton Brand to figure out you know, how they can improve the roster over the next couple of weeks in the buyout market. And um, and considering how Maury just made the huge move to go get James Harden, you know, that, that there's a chance that, you know, he, he could definitely get something done, but it all comes down to that at this point. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, is free and available wherever you get podcasts. For Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer, I'm Kai Carlin of Sixers Wire. We're out of here. Keith, have a good one, my man. Deuces.